Hello there, and welcome to episode 42 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're going to be talking about Big Surprise. It is the uh, second series, episode 8, it's the third story of that, and is written by Richard Matheson. It's the first time Matheson's work's been on the Night Gallery. He, uh, obviously, I think we probably all know who he is, but uh, he was the writer of I Am Legend. And also... Um, was uh, quite quite proficient with uh, the Twilight Zone, writing 16 episodes, including Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, which for many is considered like one of the classics. Um, he doesn't pop up often on Night Gallery. Um, the only other story he's written for it was The Funeral. Um, but uh, this one is based on one of his short stories, and it's directed by uh, Geno Swark. <laughs> Our painting reminds us that there's a strange fascination to digging holes alongside ancient oaks. You give the average man a shovel and an X on a map, and the fantasies come thick and fast. Pirate gold, hidden Confederate treasure, and sometimes the unexpected, and sometimes the unwelcome. Hence the title, Big Surprise. So our scene is a, a balmy hot day, and there are three boys, and they're making the way home. It's uh, Chris, Jason, and Dan, and they meet a man who uh, who always li- who lives on on that route, uh, Old Man Hawkins, and he calls over Chris from his house, and um, it's pretty obvious he's being quite mischievous, but also he has a he wants to have a word with him. Well, Chris, how would you like a big surprise? Hmm? You know where Miller's Field is. Oh, that great big oak tree is. Go to that tree. Face the steeple of the church. You understand? Yeah. Walk ten paces. Dig down four feet. Understand? Walk ten paces. Dig down four feet. And there you'll find a great big surprise. <clears throat> so after this offer, this idea that maybe there might be some kind of treasure or something really worth it, worth looking for. Um, they head out to the location where the tree is. And we've got um, Chris and Dan, who are very keen. Um, but unfortunately, Jason isn't really feeling it at the moment. Um, as they dig, and it's quite, it's quite a long effort on a hot s- summer afternoon, Dan finally loses interest in the idea that there's basically going to be just a big gag from uh, Hawkins' uh, is, is worn over from Jason's arguments. He heads back home, but both of them do. But Chris is, um, has reached a point when he's incredibly um, dedicated to he, he, you. know His curiosity's got the better of him. And also he starts talking in that kind of classic, obsessive way that lots of science fiction, and particularly buried treasure stories, have of, you know, you, you'll be sorry when I, when I get this prize, when I find my prize. You know, you'll get nothing and it'll all be mine. We finally get to the point when, um, obviously, Chris has found the level where he needs to be at. It's a wooden box. Excitedly, he begins to dig around the box and uh, manages to get to the lid. But he doesn't need to, to break the lock. Instead, the lid prangs open by itself and we discover Hawkins ready for him. Surprise. 
<laughs> Bizarrely and terrifyingly, Hawkins was actually uh, was in the box as well, waiting for him. Uh, and that's the big surprise. Um, it's good. I mean, it's a really cool story. Um, Helped Hawkins is played by John Carradine, who uh, really had to wait to the role. He has a great raspy old man's voice, which really comes into play when you're playing these kind of characters. I always think he was liked on set, and obviously was seen as a classic actor. Um, you know, he appears in the grips of wrath. He is uh, of a very certain level, and, and, and I think there was a lot of happiness on the set that they'd actually got somebody of that quality, particularly, and then obviously the great joy when you find out that he's actually quite a gentleman too. It's a great looking uh, episode as well. It looks like a hot, sunny, dusty day in the Midwest. I mean, in actual fact, it's just part of the back lot at Universal. Um, there is, uh, they had to work hard to get the shots that they wanted. Swark had a little bit of time and he, he knew what he was doing. This is quite a short story. It's uh, 10 minutes long. So, um, you know, Swark had a little bit of time to, 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 to direct it and to get it the way he wanted it. Um, also, uh, well... <clears throat> So the cameraman was placed in the in the hole and covered in perspex and then soil was put on top so he could capture the children digging the soil away and looking upwards. Um, all this adds to a great atmosphere and feeling which uh, really helps the um, when the actual conclusion comes. It kind of builds and builds and builds and it's quite a shock surprise. Matheson liked the results as well. But his memories have been changed because of what they did to the syndicated version. Now normally I don't discuss the syndicate the, the change they made to syndications, we'll just deal with that at the end of the show and why it happened rather than what what you know, the the details of those those long the way a shorter episode would be made longer. But Matheson remembers when he's talking about it, about that syndicated version of the story. Um, so we might as well go through that. Um, they added uh, scenes from the birds to it to pad it out, and also a circular ending. The uh, the end is placed at the start. Uh, the, the start is placed at the the end as well, as if it's like a curse that's continually going on. Um, in a way, that's good because the ending here is quite abrupt. And you kind of just go, whoa, what, what? And then it goes on to the next story, which is good in the sense that it's a shock, but possibly not good in the sense that you have got a great understanding of why what's happened has just happened, whereas this curse element gives it something. On the other hand, it's not how it was meant to be told, and um, it's, it is a bit inexplicable in truth, particularly it's exactly the same. It feels like it seems a bit cheap way to get away from a product that you're trying to make a 10 minute episode into a 21 minute episode. Um, so that's a shame in itself, but that's what it was. And Matheson actually quite liked those changes as well, so I don't think we should be too critical of them. Um, but for me, I think it, it's a story about 
at its best it's in its original form but also at its best it's about three boys arguing on a hot summer's day about the possibility of something incredible happening it's four feet deep it's not it is no it is i told you he was pulling a prank he's probably rolling on his floor right now laughing like crazy thinking of us and you out here digging this stupid hole it's not four feet yet it is four feet and i'm clearing out just the usual bit of housekeeping uh, i'd like to thank uh, jim moon from the hypnagoria uh, website and podcast who is happily championing our uh, our cause quite a lot he has he has a podcast himself, uh, which is brilliant. It's just moved over to geekplanetonline.com as hosting it. So um, if you get a chance, go over there or go over to his own website, hypnogoria.com, and Matt's got all his details, lots of different types of reviews. He's obsessed by the um, weird tales elements, which I think is where the crossover between myself and him comes in. But he's um, he has a great insight. He reads out fantastic stories and um, he's always entertaining and always amusing. A really good listen if you get a chance. Also, um, the Night Gallery uh, Twitter feed, uh, again, is, as always, is, is a great bloke and he's uh, you know helping push people towards what we do on, on the Twilight Zone network.com. So thanks very much for him. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do at my own private Twitter, which is at orange underscore monkey, or you can get hold of us by me by email at chris at twilightzonenetwork.com, or you can contact us through our Facebook or our Twitter. Links to those are both on our website. Uh, also, there you can leave a comment if you wish. That's www.thetwilightzonenetwork.com. Uh, I've just put up yesterday a story about the possibility that Christopher Nolan might be directing the new Twilight Zone movie. Um, if you listen to this in the far, far future and it never gets off the ground, I'm sorry. <laughs> but if you just if you're a subscriber, then um, then and you know take a little look and see what you think. There's some other names in the uh, in the frame there at the moment apparently for Warner Brothers. A couple of them may surprise you. Um, that'll do it for me for today. Um, keep it short because it's a nice short story 10 minutes uh, next week is a story of similar length in fact it's slightly longer but um, doesn't really have as much of the class or, or style as big surprise it's uh, Professor Peabody's last lecture um, we'll talk about it next week um, but it, it, is, it is interesting how a, uh, an episode can um, build up so much and then not really have the uh, the ability to cash in, you know the uh, the checks. It's it's intro had been writing. Anyway, until then, take care. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.